I couldn't be religious and gay. It was impossible. I was being marketed as some sort of like teenage it girl. When a girl kissed me on my 18th birthday, a whole other world opened up to me. I was a minor nuisance. Eight Australians will tell you about the choices that have led them to unexpected places. These are some of the stories you will hear on Let Me Tell You, a podcast where real people tell incredible real stories. Look for Let Me Tell You and follow wherever you get your podcasts. you are. Jesus Christ. You don't own me. I'm not your property. So take a shifty little bitty eye over me. June. Lamps and then he'll just... what's what's going on with Serena? She's fine. Welcome to Eyes on Gilead, a weekly podcast dedicated to The Handmaid's Tale. There is a lot going on in this show and we think it helps to talk it out after every episode. I'm Fiona Williams, and when I'm not doing this, I'm Head of Curation at SBS On Demand, and I'm joined once again by my friends, colleagues, and fellow resistors, Natalie Hambley, Managing Editor of SBS Voices. Hello. Haiti Island, Channel Manager of SBS On Demand. Hi. And Sana Kadar, host of ABC Radio National's All In The Mind. Hey. Hello. Boy, am I glad to see you guys. <laughs> we have just watched episode seven of season five of The Handmaid's Tale. It's a biggie. It's called No Man's Land. And we are about to get into recapping it. It is written by Rachel Shukert and directed by Natalia Late. Simple synopsis of this one. It's one line. Alone and isolated. You want to do this on your own? Do it the fuck alone. June and Serena must labour together for both to survive. June, why didn't you kill me? I didn't want to. Labour together, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And labour together they do. Um, This could be the shortest podcast ever because this... (laughs) That is what happens. (laughs) Agreed. Bye. See you next week. Um, (laughs) What uh, stood out for everyone? I'm going to go around the room and look at you, Haiti. What stood out for you this week? I think what stood out for me is I got my wish granted, even if only for a very (laughs) short amount of time, in that I wanted to see (laughs) Serena and June back together, working together, hand in hand, for the good of the nation. (laughs) or their children or, you know, the nation's children. And we got it for a very brief moment there in that labour scene where both women were working together and they got to shed all of that Gilead baggage and and just be in the moment with each other working together for something good. That was my highlight. Mm. Yeah. Yep. They had it and then they lost it. <laughs> uh, Sana, what about you? What stood out? Oh, my goodness. Um, I felt so scrambled while watching this episode and mm. I felt scrambled at the end. And I think what what stood out to me is um, getting to see that for all of June's fears of being irretrievably damaged by Gilead, broken, just vengeful and angry, all these things that she was expressing to Luke at the beginning of the season, 
they're not true, which is what we see in this episode. She still has her humanity. She still Mm. has her compassion. The fundamental things that make her good as a human being are still there. And that's a triumph. So that stood out to me. Yeah. Well said, Natalie. Looking at you, what stood out for you? Um, Look, for me this week, it actually was the humour. I Mm. really didn't expect to laugh as much as I did, considering what an epic episode it was in some ways. There were just lots of funny lines and they started pretty early on um, because, come on, like they found a barn. And so I think um, June says like, Maybe they'll have a manger. Oh, lovely. (laughs) I was thinking it. We were all thinking it, were we? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) And Serena goes, lovely. Mm. Which is funny. So, yeah, and um, yeah, so um, considering they had all these heart to hearts, there actually was a fair bit of humor involved. Even yeah. June's expressions, which are normally <laughs> very angry, you know, and this time she would do like the odd eye roll and it was just hilarious. Yeah, yeah. she had great expressions in this episode. They were awesome. That side eye when um, Serena says that he looks like Fred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that killed me. I loved it. Oh, it was so good. It was good. Double take side eye. <laughs> Yeah, that that one that was one of mine actually. But um, on the larger scale, all of the callbacks to all of the moments across the seasons, you know, especially the Holly episode, which has been my standout mm. um, across the the series. But just the way all the roads are leading to to this, and that just the journey these two, <laughs> the metaphorical journey these two have been on together for the way it it um, stood out. Yeah, I, I love this episode. So it's, um, yeah, all of the callbacks, all of this were in, you know, midway, God, nearly at the end of season five and we get a handshake, June and, <laughs> June and Serena. <laughs> and an apology. We got an apology from Serena. My goodness. We got to thank you it? and you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. I love the recaps as well. Like, you know, we've, we've watched this show so much and rewatched and all that crap, but um, it, it, I, do, I always still watch the recaps and what they show that then hints to the, the themes that are going to come out in the episode here. So there, this one was um, obviously Serena's handmaid's journey with Dr. Allen and, uh, and the wheelers and intercut with when last week June sang to Luke, I never gave up hope. We knew that we would find each other again, but in the, through the lens of maybe thinking that that's, with Serena rather than with Luke, mm. they would find each other again. And how. But it opens literally after the moments of the last episode in a speeding car, a gun's going off, they're driving into a ditch, <laughs> it's <laughs> water's breaking, it's chaos in that car. In watching it, I it dawned on me that I've just mentioned all, the re- um, all of the callbacks it opens literally the same way as episode one, season one does in the car with Luke and June and Hannah. And I did one of those side-by-sides that someone who has those skills can do and mop on, <laughs> um, just show us literally the the car's same framing on of the episode. So it's just. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. This show has a lot of homework for it. I went back <laughs> watched episode one, I one again, but yeah, different people, different set of circumstances, but you know, it's kind of shot for shot. But um, this chaotic opening, so June's driving under um, at gunpoint, Serena's in labour and then, you know, Serena shoots the window. What's, what's going on? What are our thoughts? I thought it was interesting that June still thinks that Serena's going to kill her. Like even though she's driving the car, she hasn't cottoned on, like me last week, has not cottoned on to the fact that Serena's actually in labour. Mm. And, and Serena's still waving the gun around, right? <laughs> so that's why June gets out of the car and runs. But I did find it funny that... Serena was the one who was driving the car when the car got stuck. Um, and I thought, she just hasn't had a lot of practice, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, that one time in the drop top when they were heading to Canada when Fred <laughs> let her drive. <laughs> she needs to get her hours up. Mm. On the driving in the ditch thing, just again, the callback to episode 101, you know, Luke gets stuck in the ditch and that's how they have to um, go on foot as well. So, man, mm. that was. Did you remember all that, Fiona, and just go back and fact check? Like, that's incredible that you remembered those parallels. I, well, a, a bit. Like, it just seemed familiar, but you're just right. like, I remember the ditch thing. And then that made me go and rewatch it. I went, oh my God, it's shot for shot. But yeah, um, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Picking up on um, June's expressions and some of her delivery in this episode, not the delivery of the baby, <laughs> notwithstanding um, her lines. Uh, when she says to, to Serena, are, are you, you in fucking labor? labor? That was my mm. first moment of mm. kind of laughing out loud. The way she says that, it's like, it's the whole situation is just so ridiculous. But of course, this is how it's playing out. Uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, of course, it has to be about Serena again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Within like 30 seconds of this episode, Serena's already saying, I'm sorry. She says like, I, th- I think she says, I'm sorry twice. And then she says, June, please. Mm. And it's funny because normally how an episode starts is not how it ends. And in some ways that is true mm. with this one, because where the relationship starts with June thinking that Serena's trying to kill her is very different from where it ends. Mm. But on the other hand, Serena opens it up with apologizing and she kind of does a lot of that throughout this episode. Mm. She kind of did start how she means to continue. And that cosiness that we, that we sort of spoke to and that joke about the barn and that biblical joke triggers the first flashback to that ceremony, the birthing ceremony, a new flashback of a handmate we'd not met of Clarence where we get the first, well, there's cosiness there. Like, we, you know, we get the nod to them, you know, Serena rolling her eyes about, like, geez, how funny is this ceremony? I feel like was that a bit of a revisionist history or we were just never privy to that that level of cosiness between them? Because I was like, I'm pretty sure this is new information we're being told. I don't yes. remember ever actually seeing this. Yeah, no, mm. we, we hadn't seen that one before. Yeah. <laughs> but it all gets quite dark um, soon. But this is where the first idea of this vessel is coming in. That's where um, Lydia... Says this. this vessel of God is ready to bring the fruits of his love into the world. But the gates of heaven do not open without extraordinary effort, do they, girls? So we're darting back and forth to that sad flashback to, to the barn, back and forth across this episode. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really need to go blow by blow what literally happens, do we? It, it's... It's a whole lot of labour and a whole lot of sharing of Hannah stories as well, I think, you know, with, with June coming in, reflecting on both her births. But, of course, the Holy One is what we saw where she did all this alone. But, uh, you know, so she's got she's got history here. But I think I was, I was reflecting on this, thinking why did we have the flashbacks? Like, look, partly I enjoyed them because I did want that reminder of what a birth was actually like in Gilead. Mm. But it has like a, a greater meaning which comes out later in conversation with Serena in June, which is it was a reminder of what a handmaid actually is and that and that they aren't considered people, that they are just a vessel. And we see that pretty early on when this birth goes wrong and Lydia's reaction to it, which is not that it's a tragedy because there was still a baby 
like Lydia's reaction mm. was that she has done her duty. So we have this flashback and I think we do get a bit out of them. One is a relationship between June and Serena, which was interesting. I wondered the same thing, Sana. <laughs> that was a bit revisionist because they seemed to have an understanding together and they seemed like they were getting along. So from my understanding in these flashbacks, June's not pregnant yet, right? Like, no. And this looks like it's the first birthing scenario that her and Serena are going to together. Is that yeah. our takeaway? Mm. Because Janine is pregnant, so it's early on in Handmaids because this, I think it was the second episode Janine gave birth, so it's like pre-hour, um, mm. like very early on. <laughs> yeah. You do get the impression that the the whole birthing ceremony is pretty new for everyone. Like it's not just Serena and June exchanging kind of awkward glances. Everyone looks a little bit uncomfortable and you know, not at home in the phrases that they're all saying to each other and they're all still learning the process. So there mm. is this awkwardness around the room that, that makes the exchange between Serena and June believable, I think, but a little bit at odds to our memory of of watching that first season play out and the the kind of very harsh treatment that June got early on from Serena. Yeah. I'm still stuck on there was that other handmaid before June. So I, I don't, you know, we don't know that story. We don't know how long she was there. It's, you know. You know, that's an interesting point because that last handmaid came to a very tragic end. Mm, mm. And I guess there would have been an element when June came into the house of Serena, maybe trying to make the next handmaid feel a little bit more comfortable or maybe mm. <laughs> trying a couple of new things to break the tension in the atmosphere. That's right. Help us settle in. It's not my record. I didn't watch the, the rest of it. One, I just watched the opening scene. I should have should have watched a bit more to pick up, remember on that, um, on that dynamic between them. <laughs> yeah. You know, we do see that one go terribly, sadly wrong. But in, in the present day, there's the, the threat. June kind of reflects on Holly mm. slash Nicole's birth and that <laughs> it turns threatening in in the in the veiled way she says it i remember thinking that if anything went wrong we would die no one would even know no one would come looking for us and even in the throes of contraction serena clocks that (laughs) pushes Mm -hmm. her pretty swiftly away yeah june's face was hatching a plan wasn't it yeah 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 like i don't blame serena for (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> misjudging the situation and and uh, believing that June would hurt her baby. Like I, you know, I believed it in that moment where Serena threw her out thinking she was going to kill the baby. I might have done the same. These are like, like they're both women who are primed for survival, I think. That's probably their two major skills. They know how to survive with whatever life throws at them. And they're both doing that in different ways, you know, and I think like June is still not trusting her and doesn't know where it's going to end. So she's thinking, how can I get out of this situation and how far is she willing to go? Yeah. And so, and Serena will always pick up on when there's a threat to her, you know, and so she figured that out as well. <laughs> well, I also didn't trust June for a moment there when she was holding the baby after the baby was born. She had this yes. weird, bizarre, evil smile on her face. And I was like, what it the hell is about evil. to go down? It, it, it looked it was- so it was evil. Pure, Sana. It was pure. Oh my god. No, it turned to pure purity afterwards, but initially there was like a glint of evil in that eye and that smile. I was yeah. so confused by that look. I know the look you mean. I didn't see it as evil. I thought it like it was a mixture. Like the worst person in the world has just you've just helped her do this amazing thing that you know means so much because you've of all the layered reasons that June yeah. you know is is present for. So it's I think it's a mixture of 
awe and hate and love and shock and, you know. <laughs> to me it looks so words. sinister in that moment. hundred <laughs> percent, Sana. I yeah. thought the same thing. I thought <laughs> she's going to take that baby and run. This is her chance to, like, give some punishment to Serena and she, and she can see that, like, she's holding the thing that is all Serena has ever wanted. Yeah. All of Serena's, like, hope and desire is all in this baby which she's now holding and she has the ability to like destroy that for her yeah exactly what that looks like I don't think she's going to destroy the baby you know but like but the look on her face was like I can if I want to it's right here (laughs) (laughs) how funny that we've had different readings of that yeah I thought it was very sinister but yeah totally All right, we'll go to our corners on that one. Then we're back to another flashback. We're all over the place. Okay, whatever, it doesn't matter. We all know what happened in this episode. We're just going to talk to things as we think of them. But one one point when we're talking about the flashback, the girls, it's, you know, Janine and Alma and Brianna. I got a bit teary when I saw Brianna, actually. Mm -hmm. That was kind of caught me by surprise, even though, of course, they would have been there. But yeah. yeah, I got sad when I yeah, saw I them. Yeah, I miss them. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, Janine is pregnant watching all of this too, that reveal that, of the timeline. Yeah, having to watch that gruesome homemade um, caesarean that didn't care for the life of the mother in the aftermath. It's terrible. Um, but obviously the wives get going when the going gets tough. They so quickly rushed out of the room. Yeah, that's horrendous. So can I just say on that, how that birth goes wrong? So I guess this is a, one of the things I find hard to understand about Gilead is on the one hand, this series we've seen hospital scenes and mm. the hospitals look advanced. Yes. But then when it comes to birth, which is so important to them, mm. it's all done incredibly naturally at home. And mm-hmm. when it goes wrong... Um, it seems so, I don't know, just so primitive in some ways, you know, like why are they not taking advantage of all the medical facilities that they actually have? And then I wonder about Alanis who has got this warped birthing <laughs> suite in the attic of her house, but she loves Gilead. I'm like, does she, is she aware that that birthing suite would not be an option at her house in Gilead? Well, yeah. we've never seen anyone but a handmaid give birth. I mean, they're not then don't care about the lives of the handmaids. I mean, the circumstances mm. in which they got pregnant. Oh, my gosh, like- you're right, Fiona. Maybe that's it. <laughs> maybe we've, maybe that's it. Maybe it's different if an if an actual commander's wife is giving birth. Maybe maybe yeah. it's a whole different scenario. I'm sure Rosie will have a different situation. <laughs> with, with yeah, interesting. Like a, a lot of the modern technology around birthing is to reduce the uh, death rate of the mothers, not just the babies. So if you don't care about the mothers, if they're handmaids, then... It kind of makes sense that you would prioritise a home birth over like antibiotics for the mother or something like that. But surely if the births are, birth rate is so low and so many of the births are ending in stillbirths and, you know, it, there's all these complications happening. I'm with you, Natalie. I'm like, why would they take a gamble with every birth that does happen? It seems uh, mm. a bit crazy, like just like ideological sort of hellbent on this natural thing regardless of mm. if it delivers what they really need it to. Mm. And this is where this is where we stumble because we're trying to put logic and reason onto mm. <laughs> something yeah. which where we know even in reality just doesn't exist. There's yeah, there, there are like real world callbacks to this with, mm. you know, quite fundamentalist 
religious groups who shun science and yeah. and uh, medicine. It's it's not without precedent. Yeah, that's true. Well, the whole show is not without precedent, is it? Yeah. <laughs> but on the hospital point, um, you know, we've seen, as you say, Nat, um, we've seen hospital rooms where they do, you know, put the handmaids on incubators. We've just seen, um, well, we had of Matthew a few years ago when obviously Esther's being kept alive in order to, to have the baby. Um, and, you know, we've seen hospital machines that beep out Belinda Carlisle songs. But Serena's reaction to being in a hospital was was interesting and you know it's so yeah medical <laughs> we got to see all her ancillary views around her like fundamental yes. religious views right like mm. her anti anti-formula views her anti-antibiotic views so I thought that was interesting because we don't she's not been out of Gilead where it would be necessary to voice these opinions until now right so we've never gotten a sense mm. of this before yeah quite right and I mean she scoffs at evolution as well that was a <laughs> I love that one. You totally forgot who she was talking to for a moment there when she shared that. She like was just going girlfriend to girlfriend and then was like, oh yeah, hang on. No, this this is Serena. (laughs) It ain't evolution. Yeah, exactly. I did laugh at that one too. And, you know, so then we get to that scene um, and, you know, Props to Yvonne Strahovski for for the acting in this one and all of the groans. I mean, we could do a montage Mm. of... Good Lord, all that, (laughs) all of that. I always feel sorry for actors who have to give birth on TV after they've given birth in real life. So Mm -hmm. I just think, man, they just went through it, you know, (laughs) now they've got to go through it again. (laughs) So, yes, props to her. That's proper method. And the name is Noah, saviour of humanity. No pressure, kid. Um, uh, what are our responses to to Serena being a mother? She, it happened. Calling him Noah, calling herself the Ark. I feel like Noah's been up high in the like popular names list in recent years as well. So I thought that was a an interesting decision for her to like also choose something that is a popular secular name as well as religious one. Oh my god, it was on my short list of boy names when I was <laughs> pregnant. That's so funny. Yes, that's very true. I thought it was just sort of fitting on the episode theme, really, because this is an episode where we finally tap into Serena's humanity, or frankly, she taps into her own humanity. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, June is challenged with her own humanity. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what I that's what I took on my second watch. The first watch, I was just like, Noah, really? Um, <laughs> second watch, I was like, oh, okay, this is what this is all about. Can I mention one thing? When they're sitting around after having given birth um, and they're chatting away, one thing that Serena asks June is, why didn't you kill me mm. back when you had the chance? And June mm. says, because I didn't want to. And this basically lays to rest my theory that she always had it in her to kill Serena, which actually, do you know what? I still think if push came to shove and she had to, she could kill Serena. But she explicitly says that she didn't want to. She didn't want to go go there. And and so I, I thought that was really interesting to hear because my, my ideas on, on June's motivation and what she's capable of are different to what she was voicing in this scene anyways. Yeah, I think so. It's like there has been kind of this narrative, oh, June's gone bad and, you know, everyone in her life has thought that and she's thought that of herself as well. But, yeah, you know, she has retained that humanity that she thought she'd she'd lost, like you were saying just mm. then, that. Yeah, and that comes after she does question Serena, you know, was it worth it? And it's an open-ended question, you know, like how much of everything was it worth? And Serena's cradling her newborn and says, right now, I think it was. That qualifier was interesting. The fact that you said right now, yeah. right now, <laughs> I think it was. And I thought, yeah, I hope you change your mind on that. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting scene to watch with conflicting feelings as we've all been having because I found I was really happy for Serena and able to like enjoy her getting this experience and feel for her as she's going through this very painful redemptive arc. But it's I feel like it's okay to have those feelings about Serena at the same time as we can see June sort of sitting hunched up over on the hay watching Serena get to enjoy her child while she's, you know, remembering and recalling uh, things about the children that she no longer has. And I think it's it's kind of okay to to be there enjoying this moment with Serena as well as being angry about everything and and feeling for June being the better woman in this whole episode with everything she does for Serena. So, yeah, mm. it was a really great scene to watch. Totally. Yeah I, yeah, I totally agree with you. I guess my counterpoint to that is um, I was getting swept up in that as well, Haiti, and then I had to, like, remind myself later, I just thought, like, someone who we didn't see in this episode is Esther, and Esther right now is handcuffed to a bed and she is now carrying her rapist baby and she's going to have to deliver that to term and God knows what happens afterwards. Like that is like, and the fact that we know that that's what Esther's going through right now is that we know we actually have an experience of a handmaid and how they are experiencing pregnancy and birth in Gilead versus the one that Serena gets. And yes, it's still traumatic for her, you know, and she's dehydrated and whatever. But yeah, I still have a hard time letting her enjoy the experience. I don't think it's a traumatic experience for, I think it was like the perfect birth, even though it was in maybe substandard conditions without any water. Like she gets this, you know, in Serena's mind, this perfect home birth with no intervention, with the bloody sunset yeah, right. that never seems to finish that goes through a <laughs> shining in the bun. Like she kind of gets her mm. ideal birth until she gets to the hospital. Mm. But, yeah, no, I take your point. And I think in a way I felt kind of like I was in June's position in this episode where there were moments when I could just be there in the moment experiencing just the pure joy of a birth but also you know make those choices along the way to be the better person in the situation and as much as we don't have to forgive Serena for anything she's done and she's done all these horrible things we don't have to sink to her level and and do those things back to her yeah I'm I'm with you Heidi on this like because yeah it's well I think the nod to Esther uh, well, there's a bit of looking like Esther at the end there screaming in the bed, but in a different way, like the, in a different way to that moment of um, release that you mentioned last week, Nat. But, you know, June encapsulates in in putting it back to Serena that I'm not going to sink to your level. Like this is why I'm who I am and you who you are. We are not the same, <laughs> even though you might have had very light level um, suggestions that you might become a handmaid. Yeah, we are not the same lady. But, yeah, in the moment I very much felt, like I said, I got emotional. I think it was for knowing Serena's desperation to be a mother, like to the to go to the extents of what she, the world she built is horrific what she did with it, but it came from that original, um, you know, despair at well, not, not being able to have a child. So I think it was in that moment you could appreciate that when she said, I can't believe you're here, I want to do so much. But when you then <laughs> step mm. back and think it's Serena Joy Waterford, um, <laughs> yeah, that mm. comes with it, with everything else. But, you know, in that moment, it, just the, what, that incredible time those those two have just experienced. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. 
Yeah, this is precisely mm. why I felt so scrambled watching this episode for all the reasons <laughs> you've outlined, and I won't, you know, go over the same points. But that's also what makes the ending so conflicting and delicious and all sorts of things, because how mm. long have we waited to see Serena feel the pain of being separated the way June was from her children? You know, like, how long have we wanted that? And then we get that, and June gets that. June's always wanted justice, but it doesn't feel... As good as it should. It's, it feels terrible and it's all these sorts of um, conflicting things. And sorry, I've jumped to the end now. But yeah, I just I left that scene thinking, oh, my God, I don't know what I feel. I don't know if I, the next couple mm. of days before we record is going to be enough time for me to figure out what I feel either. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. I, I kind of had a blank page for a while. I yeah, thinking, yeah. Like... <laughs> I had minimal notes from this episode. Mm-hmm. I really like was like, oh, my goodness, where am I? Where's my head? Yeah, it's it's all it's feelings, I think, rather than kind of thoughts. Going back to June saying, was it all worth it? And Serena mm. says, right now I think it was. Like that was probably the harshest line of the whole episode mm. for me. And as I said, I, I do hope she changes her mind on that, but I understand the post-birth hormones and everything going on, but that was, but I still found that really really hard to hear. When they're talking about the kind of person that Noah will become and yes. June tells her, well, it depends on what you teach him and what you what you tell him is his to take, I think. Yes. Um, to which her response is almost immediately that she wants him to have everything. <laughs> yes. It's just like, like an aeroplane flying over her head. Did you miss the point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are just moments like that. But she clearly hasn't because right after that she's she's offering the baby to June and saying, your husband's a good man, he should raise him. And I think that's what's about this scene. Like you think they've had this big moment, she understands, they've finally reached common ground, but then you realise, no, she's missed it because she still can't see June's humanity in this pitch to take my baby because there's no, there is nowhere for me now I, th- I think when, when she asked June, why didn't you shoot me? And June re- revealed that she ultimately is a good person. What w- what did Serena take from that? Because I think that she thought that's where she was building this angel narrative and, like, she that's where she was kind of crafting this biblical, like, not a reasonable not seeing the person standing mm. in front of her but trying to make this make sense in her worldview. So just you see where they're they're missing each other there and June for sure Mm. (laughs) sees that she can't shake this God's will vessel, the phony um, ceremonial speak that was so much a part of the world that they were forced to share. Yeah, and I think Serena is just carrying all of this internalised misogyny, the, Mm. the same idea that not just handmaids but all women are just vessels to a point and beyond that can't be seen as real people or whole mm-hmm. people and and she's willing to put herself in that position and offer up her child to June because she thinks she's done she thinks her role's done and that yeah. it you know it only goes so far so there is a lot of internalized misogyny that Serena is working through and I think that explains some of her odd responses yeah at these moments of connection between her and June in this scene yeah and and you see it slowly dawn on June where, you know, she says God's will, a vessel, and, like, she hasn't had the benefit of the flashbacks we've <laughs> we've been watching through this episode where those words are sewing around, but, you know, she lived them in the storyline. This is where it then leads to the speech she gives her that is a callback to both of their screaming matches as part of their feud that culminates in the do you understand me, but it's a calm and sad 
and kind line reading this time as opposed to the two we've seen in years past. I loved that. The same line used to build women up instead of break them apart. <laughs> I'm actually a bit lost. Which line, are you, which line are you talking about? Yeah. Where she says, you're the only voice he recognises, you love him and you wanted him so much, you're his mother and he belongs with you, that is God's will, do you understand me? And she touches her face. Oh, my goodness. Oh. I did not catch that at all. You're so correct. Wow. I, I thought that ended up, this, that is God's will. I completely did not remember that she said, do you understand me? We get the chin touch and the do you understand me. Do you understand me? Do you understand me? Do you understand me? Third time. Oh, my God. This is a charm. This is why we need this podcast, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hands down. Yeah, no, I I loved it. It was just beautiful, you know, they flipped, they flopped, and then that landed for this moment that Haiti appreciates for that slight time they've come together and then it goes. And then we're in the hospital from that scene, I think. Yeah, then obviously she convinces it to get in the car and... (laughs) Doesn't that work out well? Saves her life and then dooms her life. Well, calls Luke and Luke looks it up. <laughs> Luke isn't quite at the same place. He dobs her in. Well, Luke is using his famous administrative powers. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I think, you know, people have struggled watching Hamaze over the seasons, whether, whether um, June is someone to get behind or not. And mm. you see sort of, I've seen a bit of frustration, you know, online at some times with June's behaviour and, and her decisions. And I think the way that they handled this is actually kind of perfect. It was very it was very clever, you know, full marks in that in this sense, we get to have that feeling of Luke, which is so annoyed and wanting Serena to get her just desserts. And so we get to have that feeling through him of like, yes, you know, like he wants her to know this is how it feels. And we can fully understand that and also appreciate that that Luke is having his power moment um and at the same time June gets to um not be the bad guy you know mm-hmm. she's actually still the one trying to save and help so so she still has hero status you know so I think that the way that mm. they handled that was actually very good yeah totally agree this episode delivered so many things on our checklist of things we wanted to see in this season, didn't it? We saw we saw June and Serena reunited working together. We saw June like find her humanity again and do the right thing. We saw Luke affect some kind of change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and we're about to see Serena get some kind of comeuppance, even if we're feeling a little bit torn about it, like Wow, I've I've ticked four things on my list, which only has about five things on it. <laughs> What's the fifth thing? Uh oh. Well, uh, getting Hannah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Three more episodes. Who knows? Oh, three more episodes and another season. So, <laughs> cool, your gents. I'm pretty sure that box is not going to be ticked. <laughs> yeah. Although, friend of the show, Yanling Chang, does write the next episode, and that to me, she does write a good Hannah one. I don't Ooh. know. I don't know. <laughs> And Luke's quote as well, at last, she knows what it feels like. She knows what it feels like. I Mm -hmm. I think I've read that kind of desire in a lot of tweets I've read. (laughs) People using the hashtag, I was on Gilead of all the payback that uh, everyone wants for Serena. So, Well, she's now got the full experience. We've been seeing her getting a little bit of the experience of being a handmaid and it's just been getting more and more and more and just when you think it's over... Mm. 
she ends up getting the full experience of being the one left screaming on the bed for her baby. Yeah. And again, it's kind of that sort of bait and switch from the trailer because I thought a woman um, being handcuffed to a bed and screaming was going to be that traumatic scene with Esther. Um, And instead, it's Serena, which we did not see coming. Did not pick that, that's for sure. And again, another callback to first episode ever, you know, June's pleading, please don't take my baby. And I mean, all the handmaids would have said that. Um, Yeah, but just like it's a line for line again. (laughs) So, yeah, just this this show, it's all the way, you know, it's so good at just considering human nature and like natural instinctive responses, um, you know, not necessarily the ones you'd have but quite often the ones you think you might have and it just, you know, good and bad and the way one small action can, you know, upset your moral compass and, and you, like, no one is inherently good or bad. We've said this the whole way through but, you know, and I think that all shows in this episode and the way this season's been building to that and just looking at the difference between justice and revenge, like just what the difference is between getting revenge but also getting justice and, you know, the way it was all about revenge last season and <laughs> the way that, that culminated but, you know, we thought, there was a bit of that too, but is it is it justice and what is justice and how, how do Luke and June differ on that too? Yeah, look where this is going. It's all unfamiliar territory, but yet <laughs> here for all of it. I mentioned the director's name before, um, Natalia Late, and the, the way they choose directors for the material is is great and often use um, directors who've maybe done one, one or two features and um, that's the case of Natalia Late. And she did a great film about five years ago um, called MFA, which was dropped right in the middle of the Me Too movement um, at the start early days and it's got a whole survivor vigilante storyline to it, kind of a pre-different but in a similar vein to like a promising young woman kind of thing. It's a it's a survivor who then embarks on a vigilante kind of a path uh, for rapists. She's raped on a date and he he's, winds up dead and then she gets a taste for it so then starts dishing it out. Anyway. I digress, but she has her own experiences in that. It's um, She's a survivor herself and I think it, you know, the way that she directs the next one too. So, yeah, the way they choose the female directors to, to really touch in this subject matter, the way that June says, I don't want your apology, <laughs> like to, to Serena in that in that speech, it's a callback to the way Liz Garbus was saying about the finale last year, that it's sometimes the apology that makes makes survivors lash out but here it, it went somewhere different i say imagine being the director called in for the two episodes where serena is finally getting her comeuppance which we've been looking <laughs> forward to for so long you know and they're fine it's finally here yeah and it's a very different kind of way of getting there yeah mm. just as a little side note on um absence and then presence of men in this episode because mm. the episode is called no man's land yes. and of course the no man's land is the bulk of the episode that we spend literally in no man's land with these two women. And then the big kind of downer at the end of the episode is when they (laughs) enter back into scenes with men. So it's Luke instigating immigration to come and arrest Serena. And it's always notable who in uh, these positions of power they send in, you know, whether it's all women, like at the ICC, but in oh, this yeah. scene it's definitely mm-hmm. all men coming mm-hmm. in to arrest Serena. I thought yeah. that was an interesting little uh, flip at the end. Good call. And in the flashback when they arrive, Serena says, I'm so sorry to be late. Fred needed some encouragement before his address to the council. You know how men can be. Yeah, little nod to it there too. Mm. <laughs> 
And I mean, Serena does say no man's land. No man's land. So I don't make the rules, but you do have to have a drink when in you're watching a film or an episode or something yeah. where they say the name. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is called No Man's Land. And I guess, Natalie, you mentioned how it was sort of genius that the writers had Luke sort of instigate the baby being taken away from Serena so that we get to experience that revenge justice through him, but also absolving June of any of that tarnish. But of course, also, it had to be a man almost, you know, in keeping with like the world that we're in. After all the talk we've had about like this bond between mother and child, and that is God's will and should not be broken. Of course, it was going to be a a guy, you know, even though it's like (laughs) lovely Luke in the end, but of course, it was going to be a guy who breaks that bond by the end of the show. Put two women in a barn and separate them from the world and they will find each other's humanity. Insert some men back into the situation and it all goes to hell. You're forgetting little Noah. He's the man there the whole time. Sorry, Noah. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you know, Luke is just also avenging the loss of his daughter. So he's he's got his reasons, of, of course. Yeah, you can understand his impulse to dob her in. He hasn't had this transformative experience with Serena. He doesn't have the history with her. She's the woman who baited um, both of them down the lens of the camera um, and has been holding their daughter captive for years in a regime that, you know, she helped uphold, wasn't responsible for all of it, but, you know, she's very much a symbol of it and he's got ready access to dobbing her in. But the way the guards come into that breaker-breaker sound it, that it's, it was Canadian <laughs> um, immigration, not Guardians, but... I didn't hear the sound. Could you tell oh. the difference? I could not tell the difference. <laughs> Good catch. Mm. I was wondering if it was going to be the wheelers, you know. Um, yep. I had to mm. re-watch that end where they said where the baby was going. It was going to Child Protective Services. And I think I had, I was so panicked, I'd misheard services as being like the wheelers. <laughs> and I was All like, right. no! <laughs> so I do wonder which hospital Serena went to, so clearly not the one where her potential oh. date. <laughs> where Dr. Allen works. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, God. But yeah, so yeah. So I guess like I'm now, I'm now looking ahead at like what the next mm. episode could have. But yeah, I do wonder: are the wheelers out of the picture? Are they now coming back in? Will they be a taunting force for Serena still, or has she actually managed to bypass them? Yeah, I feel like she'll be out of their reach in the arms of immigration now, as will Noah. Yeah, I would have thought so. I hope so. There is also this hanging question that Tuello put to her earlier in the season that she could come back to him and claim asylum. And, uh, you know, I wonder if there is any opportunity or if that window has closed. Well, we know he's got a soft spot for her. Mm. You know? Did he say that? Did he make that offer? Um, it, it felt final when he was saying, are you sure you want this? And then she said, yes. So I feel like that closed the door on that. But who knows? It is to Ella. He's a bit mm. sweet on her. Yeah, I guess that's what I wasn't sure about, like how final that was. Guys, speaking of Tuello, he's got the USB. Yes. Hello. Yes. What is going to come oh, of this? Yeah. This is amazing. That was our little nugget of information, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Luke is actually successful. You know, he managed to complete his Gilead mission, you know. Um, mm. Full marks, Luke, in the end, for all my criticism. So we're going to find something out about Hannah soon. Yeah. Weird they didn't get searched, though, by Wheeler's guards, but drop the ball there, Ryan. <laughs> 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 Where to now? Time for predictions. Where to now? There are only three episodes left of this season. Can you believe it? 
the USB. Are we going to go yeah. open up some files? Yeah, that's that's the best I got at the moment. Last last episode, I was so certain we were going to see the birth this episode. I was right about that. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what's next, <laughs> apart from the USB is going to lead to some revelations and information. Revelations. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Well, only one way to find out. Thanks for listening. We hope that helped. We're off to go repair a windscreen, I guess. <laughs> um, but really, we're just going to wait for episode eight. And that drops Wednesdays at SBS On Demand. Drops a little earlier there, so get in on it. And it screens on SBS on Thursdays. Thank you to my co-hosts for talking us through all of that. Um, thank you, Sana Kadar, Natalie Hamley and Haiti Island. And thank you for listening. We can't wait to see what you make of this episode and the journey of June Osborne and Serena Joy Waterford's relationship. Reach out to us on Twitter because we can't wait to hear. Um, you can find me at anything but Fifi and use that hashtag eyes on Gilead. What tweets have we noticed this week? Have, has anyone got any tweets they want to call out from mum reactions to last week's big episode? It's been lots of good ones. People have been finding wonderful meanings. As we know, there is so much in this show and we just don't have all the time in the world to catch them all. Yes. And um, people are doing a wonderful job. As I, I'm saying that and I don't have an example to hand. There's one from Rose Custard. She tweets... The warm milk is a sly reference to the Testaments where Aunt Lydia will often have it as her beverage of choice at Ardua Hall, which I completely had forgotten about. Good call. Same. Wow, well done. Deep cut. What a great pickup. I'm going to have to reread the book, I think. (laughs) Aunt Lydia really loves that warm milk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, a lot of tweets about milk. Love them all. Thank you kindly. So keep those coming. They are all great. Uh, Where can we find you guys on Twitter? Sana, where can we find you? At Sana underscore Kadar. Natalie, where can we find you? At Natalie Hambly. And Haiti, what about you? At Haiti Island. And remember to use that hashtag, Eyes on Gilead. And while we have you, by all means, leave a review and give us a rating on the podcast app you're listening to us on. It helps other people to find the show. Look, we just can't wait for episode eight. So we will uh, see you then. And Eyes on Gilead is produced by me, Fiona Williams, and edited and mixed by Jeremy Wilmot. Until next time, don't let the bastards grind you down. You don't own me, I'm not your property So take your dirty filthy stinking eyes off me Oh, oh was that it? Oh. <laughs> no oh.